Hey, Tommy. Hey, Amanda. There's been a murder. Oh, jeez. We, we should call a world-class detective. You mean Detective Benoit Blanc? Oh, he's married to Hugh Grant, right? Yes, he's married to Hugh Grant. <laughs> and he spends all his day in the bathtub. He sure does, reading Kane's jawbone. Well, it sounds like you're talking about Glass Onion, a Knives Out mystery. I sure am, and that's what we're talking about this week on... Huh? Can we talk about... When's a murder mystery start? Come on, man. Patience. Patience. Okay, look. I know you guys think I'm a hippie, but can we just take a second and fully abbreviate this moment together? I mean, we're old friends. We're still friends. And I love you all. I just wanted to say that. We got a great weekend. Just our gang. Just us. Hey! Hey, bro. Not here. Who's that? That's Daryl. He's, he's just staying here. He's going through some things, but he's not part of the experience at all. Can we talk about a glass onion, a knives out mystery? Ooh, mysterious. Yes, absolutely. Um, it, it came out over the holidays. So I feel like a lot of people, including myself, watched it over the holiday break. Is that That is too, what or? I did. Yeah. So yeah. we watched it. Um, I know we joked at yeah. our last episode that COVID cannot hit us, but we weren't prepared for the flu and it took us down. <laughs> so we are recovering from that and um, yeah. we just watched it and it was awesome. I love these types of things. I'm an Agatha Christie nerd, which is what this is kind of based off of. And with the cast that this had, I mean, you can't go wrong. We are less than 60 seconds in and you're already dropping facts. It, it's it's based <laughs> off an Agatha Christie story yeah so so is knives out which is the movie previous to this both directed by ryan johnson who if you don't know that this is you know these are his his little fun things and if you've watched both the only character that uh is reoccurring in the second in glass onion is uh detective benoit blanc which is played by daniel craig everything else is a brand new cast but these are um based on agatha christie classic story structures that's crazy. Which, by the way, I mean, funny enough, and we're, we're well, the episode is coming, but we were talking about doing White Lotus, which I got into. Same sort of concept, right? Yes. Where like there's yes, one single character that recurs from like one to the other. Other, that's a whole different story. Which again, I can save that for then. But um, I didn't realize it was. I didn't realize it was. Ba- I was. I was giving Ryan Johnson all the credit. For for the story. Yeah. So, I mean, they're based on like the story structure, the way that it's okay. it's made like, you know, the, the structure of the story is the the detective and the way that all the clues and everything come together. And what I love about this movie um, mm-hmm. and was so excited about is with Knives Out, there were so many Easter eggs the first time we watched it. I did not know that they were basically telling you who the killer was the entire time. Really? And it's the same in this one. And so I, we were so excited to watch this one because we were like, oh, I can't wait to find the Easter eggs. And yeah. the first one, and I think he was the first one to say it publicly, uh, Ryan Johnson had said in Knives Out, you can always tell who the bad guy is in murder mysteries because they will never have an iPhone. They cannot have an iPhone if they're the bad guy or a villain in a movie or a TV show. That is one of Apple's stipulations. Yeah. So you can always know who them, yeah. them deep, 
deep, dark, scary people are with their their Samsungs in the background. Yeah, that guy's holding a pixel. He he done it. He's he the done one. did it. <laughs> um, so Ryan Johnson had said that in the first one, like if you yeah. had watched it, you would be able to tell like Jamie Lee Curtis in the first one is like visibly holding an iPhone. Yeah. And when I found all these little things and watched back, you're like, oh, shit. Yeah. It's true. <laughs> so this one was funny, too, because even in A Glass Onion, um, the main character, uh, who we find out is loosely based on Elon Musk. And I, I think that is so funny that everyone, yeah. Elon Musk was pissed. He's like, is this about me? And the cast was like, ah, the shoe fits, buddy. Yeah. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> and Dave Bautista in this movie plays uh, like a pro men's right activist. And everyone's like, yeah. is this supposed to be Andrew Tate? And he's like, yeah, ah, you think so? maybe I don't know. <laughs> I do love, I mean, the movie was made, uh, I'm trying to figure out when it actually was, uh, um, do you know when it was, like, when they went into filming? Like, So I had listened to a podcast episode about this, and it was, I believe they were filming in 2021, or like 2020, 2021-ish, because they all essentially had to quarantine together. They were still in, like, that COVID bubble. Because the reason I ask is because, given given who the characters are sort of based on, it's sort of landed it's like it's like it's like someone doing a somersault at the olympics and like perfectly landing the dismount right at the release andrew tate elon musk like literally the most plan this better (laughs) (laughs) could not have planned this better Um, yeah so edward norton was on another podcast i want to say it was the dak shepherd podcast or another one and he was talking about this and um because he plays the main character in this one uh miles braun who is a billionaire and is honestly pretty fucking dumb and that's like what's so funny about this movie is like you find out he's really stupid and at the end of the movie when the detective essentially benoit blanc played by Daniel Craig comes back around and is like, this is how I know you did it. It yeah. does all of his little lines. Uh, he like makes up words the whole time that are like yeah. are not words. And going back to that iPhone thing, uh, when Benoit Blanc asks if there's going to be a prize for solving his murder mystery, which we'll talk about what the movie's supposed to be. Uh, he says, do we get an iPad? He's like, sure. Yeah, sure. You can have an iPad. <laughs> and so the whole thing is like he d- you don't actually see him use. You don't see Edward Norton use the iPad because he yeah. can't. Yeah. Because he he's a villain. It. Yeah. Because yeah. he's a villain. So he can't use the Apple product. But yeah, that's I mean, the, to me, this is like you said, it it landed exactly when it needed to land. For context, ne- this was on Netflix, right? Netflix bought yes. the rights to uh, a sequel, uh, two sequels. Yes. Um, also at the table originally was Amazon and Apple who um, were trying to acquire the rights to the, to the sequels. Um, do you think it would have been different if it was on? I feel like I feel like it would have fit at Apple to your point. I know we're talking about Apple products a lot, but yes, I feel like it actually would have fit on Apple aesthetically. I agree. The only thing I think Apple's really having a problem with is just not accessible to everybody like we have a newer massive tv it's like you know 70 something inches tv yeah newer in the past couple years we couldn't get the apple the uh, app on apple tv you know it was a samsung tv and we had to get a roku stick which i'm sure everybody has a you know some sort of fire stick or something like that but it wasn't as accessible and I wonder if because Knives Out, I if I, I I probably am wrong, but I don't think it did as well in the theater as it did when it hit streaming. Like I feel like hmm. when it hit streaming, everybody was like, "Oh shit!" Like I didn't even 
know yeah. about it, which shocks me because, you know, anything that Mr. Chris is in, I'm watching, but yeah. I, I'm not sure. I feel, I feel like it could have done well on Apple. You're right. But yeah. Netflix well, just kind of really aesthetic accessible. to it, like that very Absolutely. polished over aesthetic. But you you mentioned I want to go through all the different characters anyway. Yeah. Um. You so uh Daniel Craig. Well, let's touch on. We'll go right down the list. Maybe that's a good way to start it. But like, um, okay. I I gotta say I I get it. I get the character, but that southern drawl. I understand it. I know what they're going for. It's kind of grating to me. I don't know if it's just Daniel Craig doing a southern american drawl accent that's the part that's bothering me but i don't know what it is but it's like nails on a chalkboard like it doesn't seem he chose that accent that was not written for him he chose that and i read an interview with him and i don't i don't remember exactly like why he landed on that but i know that this is the first movie franchise he's done after he retired from Bond movies. So maybe he wanted to like seriously differentiate himself from like that character because he, you know, he was Bond for, was it 10, 15 years, whatever the hell it was. He was Bond for that long time. Yeah. And this is like, you could not be less Bond. You know what I mean? Like he's just, he's quirky and weird and not suave and smooth. And there's uh, maybe some, some off kilter, pattern to that accent because it does throw you for a loop it doesn't fit in either scenario like yeah. the first the first movie knives out's not filmed in the deep south this movie's right. not filmed in the deep south it's right, set yeah. in greece you know so i think that maybe it, it, that was the point is to like he is so separate from the worlds that he's working in like you can't he's not one of them he's not yeah. like the the beat cop from boston that's coming in in the in the first movie or you know yeah, I guess that's a good point. I mean, it was really funny. I was going through some of the history of some of like the other like um, famous cinematic detectives. And the other one I came across and that franchise sort of uh, fell apart at the seams, but seemed like it was going somewhere. It was the Alex Cross series. Okay, that I was, did not watch them. Yeah. So that was Kiss the Girls with uh, Morgan Freeman and Ashley Judd. And then uh, Along Came a Spider was the sequel there. I did watch that one, though. I don't know okay. why I didn't watch it. I probably did watch Kiss the Girls, but that was like late 90s, early 2000s-ish. Exactly. Yeah, okay. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So so Kiss the Girls was 97. Uh, Along Came a Spider was uh, 2001. Um, these are like those neo-noir, you know, site, like uh, detective movies. But Alex mm-hmm. Cross, and then the last one was literally called Alex Cross, and that was played by... Tyler Perry. So it wasn't Tyler Perry's Alex Cross. It was just Tyler. It was Tyler Perry took over from Morgan Freeman on that role. And again, it was like more of like handing off like a book series detective, like neo-noir kind of thing. I I do appreciate what Ryan Johnson's been trying to do here. And I have uh, opinions on Ryan Johnson, which Ooh. I can get into at a point. But um, but yeah, I mean, because I, it, it seems like where they took this was just trying to develop a character or like a series of movies, which I guess is that's the point now, right? Is is mm-hmm. around um, Daniel Blanc. Craig's character, yes. ben, the Benoit Blanc series. I am a nerd for a good mystery. Yeah. Like I, I've, I was very excited, um, like I said, the first time we watched Knives Out to realize that there was so much more if you're watching it to do like deep digging and stuff. And yeah. so I was excited for this one. But uh, there, I mean, there are ports, points in this movie and with knives out where you're like really 
Yeah. <laughs> like a t- like a touch too corny. It's going to touch too corny. Yeah. But uh you know that's also if you if you're a book nerd like I am, yeah. Those books were corny. Like they were, you know, the the detective there was always a, a touch of like ridiculousness to what these detectives were doing. And Agatha Christie's a little bit more dark, but yeah, there was always you know, like Nancy Drew, the Hardy yeah. Boys, those kinds of things. Like there was always a touch of corniness to them. Yeah. But this was for me, um, I I think I liked Knives Out a lot better than this one. Yeah. Not that I disliked this one, but I just liked speaking of aesthetic, I liked the aesthetic of Knives Out. It was like really yes. dark and like set in their home, and it was just like it felt really dark. This one is more satirical, more hilarious. Like I laughed more yeah. during this one. Yeah, absolutely. I was going to say that too. Is is and I had to double check this. Uh, Glass Onion is actually nine minutes longer than Knives Out. It did not feel that way. No, I thought it was so short. Yeah, no, no, me too. I mean, that was the thing too. Is it gets to the point when you know Benoit Block starts just firing off. <laughs> Here's what happened, and like yeah. for the first mystery, the second mystery, right? It just seems like they're like rapid firing. Um, it felt quick. Like by the time you get to the point. When Duke Cody, the Dave Bautista's character, when he dies, right? I feel like that's yeah. like the movie's almost like wrapping up at that point. And then it does go back into and maybe that's maybe that's part of it too, right? I think it's a combination of one, the movie is set at one location predominantly, right? Like once they yeah, get to the island, Greece. they are on the yeah. island for the rest of the yes. movie. Um so it doesn't really go anywhere except for like when it does the little flashbacks and things, which even then it's limited to Benoit Blanc's, uh, Blanc's apartment when she's sort of laying out the story as to like, you know, who potentially killed her sister and why yes. she wants him to investigate. Yeah. And then the beginning of the movie when like everyone has like their own like little, you know, where they are in life, you know, uh, setting up the the tone of the movie. But we're, you know, knives out. The story leaves the mansion. It leaves the their house and goes out into the world a little bit more. And so it just seems longer. And on top of that, too, yeah, I think this movie is a little bit more. Uh, it's it's more comedy than it is anything else, too. Like Knives Out felt like a mystery. It felt like a like a thriller mystery with like a nice payoff at the end of it. Whereas this one was like, oh, that was fun. That was like a fun ride. Yeah, and, that's exactly how I felt. Yeah. It was fun. And um, one thing I, I loved about knives out that kind of came back with this is there's always something about the character that like tells you about their personality when you first meet them as characters. Yeah. And Ryan Johnson did that with the masks, the types of masks that they're wearing and how they're wearing them when they all show up on the dock and they're going to go to the Island. Yeah. It just like oh, shows yeah. you what types of people they are. Like Benoit Blanc is wearing like a perfectly fit over his nose, over yeah. the ears, like cloth mask. And yeah. then um, Kate Hudson who plays, uh, Another character, she shows up and like, it's not a mask at all. It's just yeah. like a fashion piece. It's like chain mail. It's like wide open. Yeah. Dave Batista, no mask. And this is supposed yeah. to be set in May, like May, right? Of 2020, like in the heart of COVID. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And um, I love that part too, because we're talking about the the cast. Ethan Hawke is like the best cameo. Ethan Hawke oh, and yeah. Hugh Grant. Hugh Grant yes. and Ethan Hawke, best cameos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, I got a fun fact for you. You ready? Okay, I'm ready. Okay, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Do you know about this one? Yes, I do. Okay, well, I'm, I'm in both sh- in both movies. Yeah, uh, God, I feel like I'm stealing your thunder because you're you're, no, the, this you're is the, good. the fun fact person. All right, so Go- Joseph Gordon-Levitt has been in every Ryan Johnson movie. 
right? He has made a cameo or some appearance in every Ryan Johnson movie. In this movie, he is the dong, the hourly <laughs> dong when they get to the dong, like just that yeah. sound. It's it's that's that's Joseph Gordon Levin saying dong. Yeah. That's it. And in yeah. the first one in Knives Out, he's mm-hmm. the broadcaster when Marta's sister is watching like the TV show. Yeah. Or watching the news. He's the voice of the newscaster. Yeah. Which I love that. Yeah. I think that's such a fun fact. I love that one. For those who don't know. The connection there is that uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt was in one of Ryan Johnson's first, actually his first movie, his first uh, movie ever, which was uh, Brick. Yeah. Um, which was in itself a mystery thriller. Which did you ever see Brick? No, I don't think I have. Yeah. It's, is it good? It's worth it. It is. It's Not a good movie. Okay. Yeah, right. yeah. I mean, that's. I mean, that's why we're. That's why Ryan Johnson has worked today. Um, it's completely fair. Uh, it, it was that it was brick. And then he, uh, he also did a uh, looper. Um, uh, so yeah, he's, he's been, he's been all over the place. Um, but, uh, that's, that's the Joseph Gordon Levitt link, if you will, to his career. Um, back to the cast. Cause you were saying yeah. the cast, you want to finish that one up? Yeah. So, all right. So we, we talked about Edward Norton, right? Um, uh, Janelle Monet, who I didn't realize that was Janelle Monet did not realize that was her at all who kind of plays two different roles sort of. Uh, yeah. And again, that's where it was like Daniel Craig's got his Southern drawl accent. And then Janelle Monet, her, the, uh, the sister of what was the character. So I don't know. I don't even know how to explain that. Uh, she's an Alabama school teacher uh, with also a Southern accent, so but a just different like, Southern accent, a different, <laughs> it's like southern a completely accent, different yes. dialect. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but she was great. I, I liked her character. You know something's up and, you know, even in the beginning with the way everything's revealed about how they like, the, you know, each of them gets that like, what, what are those called? The like box. those mystery boxes. Yeah. yeah. Like you have to like uh, open it up and then she just takes a hammer to it. We have no context yeah. or anything. And <laughs> yeah, you know, she's clearly like, she's not on the phone with the rest of them. This. They're yeah. all calling each other. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and I I do like how the, the backstory is unwound a little bit, although I, I feel like you still don't understand a lot of the context and maybe I missed it. So actually this is more of a question to you. If you can either set me straight or acknowledge, maybe there are some kind of like, like holes in the story at whatever. Um, Edward Norton's character becomes rich off this idea that they wrote on a napkin when they were all hanging out and being friends at the bar, or whatever was written on a napkin. Right. Uh, Janelle Monet's character, which is, is that Helen? Is that the right? Is it Helen or Andy? I always forget which is, which is it's uh Andy is the dead one. Okay, so Andy, so right, so yeah. Andy writes this on a napkin with them, and they come up with this idea for whatever their social network is or whatever. But I never understand what they're bringing to the table. I never understand like what their actual roles or her role versus Edward Norton's role in them developing this company that that turned him into a millionaire anyway. That's where I'm kind of so confused. I guess it was her idea on the napkin, like she okay. created the idea. Okay, and um. That's the whole point is like when they they end up going to a court trial because he writes her out of the business. Right. When he starts to do sketchy shit and she wants to take her half of the business and like go her separate ways. And he just like kind of writes her out saying that these were all his ideas and he copies what was on the napkin onto another napkin. But her napkin has the actual glass onion brand on it from the bar that they were at. So essentially, I believe it's her ideas. And he was like the charisma behind the ideas and like, you know, the face of the company, but he's a fucking idiot. So, okay. 
Yeah, yeah. And I, I got that part. I just more the whole or less, disruptors thing, though. Yeah, I was like, what the <laughs> fuck is happening? Yeah, it what did, does that it, mean? It did feel like maybe there was some additional context that wasn't thrown in there or missed or got cut out or whatever it might be. Yeah, it 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 just asks you to accept like, hey, just yeah, yeah, yeah really quick. Like they're friends. They came up with this idea and they made a multi-billion dollar company. All right. Yeah. Continue now. Like they they sort of glaze over it a little bit where you don't understand because I think and the reason I'm harping on it is I think if you had more context, if you had more understanding about what uh, Andy's character brought to the table versus Edward Norton's character in developing this company and them all working together. I think it would carry more weight into what was stolen from her. Not just they created a successful company. He cut her out and now she's, you know, uh, yeah. Agreed. Robbed of it. Yeah. Um, There was like a a lack of emotional connection to like being on her side. Like you were on her side. Yeah. Because Edward Norton was a turd bomber. But like (laughs) you, you also like there should have been more emotion there. Yeah. Um, I will say though, Catherine Hahn. I I mean, come on. She was so good as this like, a politician who's just like corrupt <laughs> as fuck. Like I loved her. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something about Catherine Hahn though. She has been around for years and yeah. Years. Oh yeah. I mean, so and um, I am more than happy to see her. You know, we talk about the Renaissance. This is the Renaissance. The Renaissance. I love the Renaissance. Um, she is all over the place. Um, I, I mean, she she was always like this kind of character in the background in a lot of different movies and TV. She shows was always the friend, the like yeah. literally the friend in every comedy. Yeah. The and tiny part. Do, was it officially WandaVision that broke her through? Like, was that the one that took her from being like the sidekick side character to being like, oh, you're a main character I now? Because I feel like this is the first time you've seen her in like a more of a major role. I mean. You compare it, right? She's it's her standing next to Kate Hudson, yeah, and Leslie Odom Jr. Like you know, like she's main cast. <laughs> Whereas I think with a lot of other stuff she's been in, and I'm happy for her. I like really am. Um, and I, she's hilarious. Like, for me, uh, I, I'm not saying that you've seen them, but like she was great in Bad Moms. Like yes. she was really good in that little franchise. But again, not super. She wasn't really prevalent, but she's apparently yeah. in another show that's not out yet. That's coming out with a bunch of names. And I don't remember what it was. I heard it. Well, is it the spinoff from from WandaVision? Nope. It's with a bunch of other ladies, uh, famous ladies, famous actresses. Um, but I just when I first like really loved her is when she was in How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, which oddly enough, she's in yeah. with Kate Hudson. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just to bring back, she has a starring role. They're doing a spinoff called Agatha Coven of the Coven of Chaos, which is another Marvel thing uh-huh. spun off from WandaVision, which I did think WandaVision was great. I loved WandaVision. Uh, she's also incredible love- in Step Brothers. Like, so yeah. fucking funny. Like, she's. Oh, yeah. One of the best characters in yes. that movie. Um, She tends to play a lot of horny women. Now that I think about it, because she I was mean, in good uh, for you, girl, <laughs> get you. Yes, Catherine. Um, I mean, she was in I Love Dick in 2016 yeah. to 2017. So it makes sense. Well, there you go. Um, she was great. Yeah. Leslie Odom Jr. Great. Kate Hudson was great. I've also I want to st- pause on Kate Hudson for a second. I feel like she hasn't really been in a lot lately. Am I crazy? 
No, but I feel like recently, recently, she's come back into acting because I think she was doing more of her, um, you know, what's the stretchy pants company? Come on. <laughs> Fa- <laughs> Fabletics. Fabletics. Isn't that Wait, Kate was- Hudson's company? Is it? Yeah. I don't know about this. I Oh, I didn't know about this. She owns a yeah. she owns a athletics company? Yes. Oh yeah. wow. Hmm. She's the uh Well now now I feel stupid if this is wrong. But No, no, no. I'm I'm reading it right now. You are okay. absolutely are correct. Yeah. That's <laughs> good to say. I'm a <laughs> I didn't know about this. Dumb. Yes. Yeah. She wears she makes stretchy pants. My sister wears them. She loves wow. them. Yeah. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll buy a pair for myself, you know. They, They're they like, in, uh, uh, they... um, they had subscriptions. So it was like you paid a subscription and every month you oh. got stretchy pants. Fabletics, if okay. you'd like to sponsor, can we talk about podcasts? Tom will wear stretchy pants. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, because she, I mean, I feel like she hasn't really been around that much. I think um, from what I was looking up, she really hasn't been in a lot in the last couple of years. So it was just nice to see her pop up. Yes. And right. I love, her. you know, she's yeah, so funny. She's great in a comedic role. Yeah. But I mean, she did. A, she did a lot of romantic comedies uh, back at like the. Oh, my God. Know, yeah. Seen them late outs. Yeah. Yeah. So to As see her, your wife, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, her and her brother have a podcast that's apparently doing very well. Really? Oliver Hudson. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know about this. Yeah. It's called. Um, Wait, it's- that's her brother. Oh. <gasps> This is the first thing that has to do with movies that I knew and you didn't. Oh, man. Oh, so, I'm so excited. So wait. Sibling. I mean, sibling s- wow. Okay. Did I have a fucking stroke? Sibling revelry. Wow. With Kate okay. Hudson and Oliver Hudson. Yeah, that's her brother. So I immediately knew his face. He was on that random sitcom that was sort of on TV for several years and no one noticed uh, Rules of Engagement. There was that mm-hmm. show with... Um, uh, Patrick Warburton and David Spade. He was on that. Uh, he was like the comedic person. Com- comedic. I mean, I guess it's a. Co- it's a. It was a sitcom. They're all the comedic. Uh, but he 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 kind of played With like David a, Spade, right? Yeah, he kind of played like oh, a yeah. dullard idiot guy. You know, the, like just the oh stupid husbands. You know, for like the regular sitcom. But he's also been in other a bunch of other things too, which I'm really uh, explaining really well. He was in Nashville. I loved that uh, show. I'm not even embarrassed. I really loved that show. <laughs> Give me some Hayden. Uh, I loved that's it. Great. Oh, Christmas Chronicles, lovely movies. Really enjoyed them. That, is, is that just, well, that's, I mean, that's, yeah, that's a family. With his affair, parents. Yeah. With exactly, his parents. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but anyway, yeah. So to bring it back. Yeah. I, I, it was nice to see Kate Hudson pop up and I will say, despite the character he's playing, that's the thing. Obviously Dave Bautista, former wrestler, right? So was The Rock. So was John Cena, right? I, I think the yeah. three of them are three dudes who came out of wrestling to like, you know, kick up acting careers. But if you if you see the difference between them, right, The Rock is just putting out just rinse and repeat different scripts. And it's just The Rock playing The Rock in every movie, right? He doesn't exactly have a lot of range. I think early in his career, he tried different things. He tried doing. I love that you're saying this. Why? Because uh, my partner is the biggest rock fan. And when we were done, like, I just, I want you to keep going. It did not mean okay. to interrupt. But yeah. he, at the end of this, he's like, I have a feeling that people are going to say that he's a way better actor than The Rock. I'm like, no fucking shit. It's not that hard. <laughs> no, it's, like, it's I a mean, very he low lo- bar. He loves The Rock. Like, they're, like, yeah. loves him. So please continue, because I can't I, wait till he listens to this. Yeah, I mean, all right. So I'll just throw out, I'm, I'm looking at, all right. So think of his character from... San Andreas, 
to central intelligence, right? To the tooth fairy. It to the tooth fairy. <laughs> it's the same guy. It's the same yeah. character. Yeah. It, it's it. It's like the the line from I think you should leave. Like I know it's the same actor. I don't know if it's the same character. Like yeah. I don't think they're supposed to be the same person. Um, he plays the same person in everything. He has no. It's you know Black Adam, which came out at the end of the year. Um, a lot of people were giving that crap because like yeah, it's just the Rock in a superhero movie. That's it. That's that's the difference. Now compare that to John Cena, right? Who I think has benefited from being in a few different movies and TV shows that have had good scripts. He went more comedic route, right? Yes. He was in, uh, what was cock blockers. Now they just, they changed the name to blockers, right? He was in, uh, um, what are the comedies was he in? He was in, um, it was in that movie with Tina Fey and Amy Poehler where they're sisters and they throw the party and he's the drug dealer. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's so Um, funny in that role. Um, he was in train wreck. um, he was he's been in a bunch of other movies and TV shows. And then he did the Suicide Squad and the Peacemaker with mm-hmm. uh, in that in that DC side universe, whatever you want to call it. Again, playing a more comedic role. He's kind of playing it up like and I and I appreciate that. Right. He also did back in the early, the early 2000s. He did um, uh, the Marine. He did more of a serious something you would see the rock in today. Right. That you yes. could, like re, like just swap him out for the rock. Same exact movie. I'm glad he got away from that. I'm glad he did something different. Right. Credit where credit's due. Um, now you get over to Dave, uh, Dave Batista, who apparently has a real appreciation for acting and yeah. wants to do wants to be a great actor. He doesn't want to just be the rock, right? Which I'll give him credit for. He he's he's said somewhere, uh, you know, I'm uh, vaguely quoting here that he wants to do more serious roles. He wants to do um he he he, he wants to be cast in a light that's not just oh he's this guy the wrestler guy, you know, big arms and that's it. Um so I give him a lot of credit for that, right? I I think I think he's really great. I think he's a great actor. I think he's a great human for the stuff that's like everyone come out says about that him. he's like the biggest teddy bear on yeah. that same podcast episode I was listening to. They were like, they said it was basically summer camp, and every single night they'd go to someone else's uh, room and play board games and hang out and yeah. drink all night. And Dave Bautista was like the mama bear, tucking people into bed and like taking care of them and like making yeah. sure everyone on set felt safe and like yeah. listened to and heard. And like he's yeah. the mama bear. He's just a yeah. big sweet teddy bear. And that's the thing, too, is like, you know, I on the set of um, Guardians of the Galaxy, when when, you know, he he, he didn't have a he didn't put himself in a position to have uh, a filter. Right. He just said what he felt was yeah. very protective of, of people around him. Uh, me and you have talked a little bit or we haven't really we're talked anti, about it. We're anti <laughs> not fat Pratt. OK, yes. guys. Yes. Uh, make and make Chris Pratt fat again. Um, uh, I'll give him credit. Right, he's never come out in defense of Chris Pratt, nope. which I like about him too. <laughs> he's been very silent about that. Protective everybody else around him. You know, leaves that one alone. Fair enough. It's the last movie that comes out at the end of uh, in the middle of this year. I do love those movies. Yeah. Truly do. Um, he was also in um Army of the Dead. That that was the Zack Schneider movie that came out last mm-hmm. year too. So he he's been in a bunch of different stuff. But he's expressed interest in wanting to do more uh, variety of roles. I'll call That's it. hard, though, because this one is kind of like he's a literally his description is 
right wing men's <laughs> rights advocate yeah. named Duke Cody. <laughs> yeah. Like, so he's a, he's a streamer. He's um, a streamer on Twitch. <laughs> but but here's the thing. And the, the only sort of downside is, right, he's playing a character that's like a pseudo like, yeah, to your point, a combination of like a few different people, including Andrew Tate. But he's still fucking likable. Right. So likable. It's, it's Dave Bautista. Like you, I wasn't even mad at him and his mom. What's the actress that plays his mom? Oh, I forgot. She's so good. Like, she's so funny. And like, he's got Jackie this Hoffman. OK, yeah. So he's got this special box puzzle that shows up from Ethan Hawke, sends it to all his friends. And they do this like reunion every year. That's the whole yeah. premise of the movie. And he's they're going to go to his Grecian island to solve a murder mystery where he's the person that's murdered. Yeah. And what's even more hilarious is uh Ethan Hawke's character, not Ethan Hawke's character, just kidding. Um, <laughs> Edward Norton's character says yeah. in the movie, he's super pissed because the murder gets solved in like five seconds by Daniel yeah. Craig. And he's like, I hired uh, Jillian Flint-, Flint to write this for me. And she's the author of Gone Girl. <laughs> and she's just like, when she said when she heard it, she was like, holy shit. Yeah. You said my name. I'm in the movie. I made it. <laughs> but um, yeah, the the whole like, backstory and they get these puzzle boxes and then dave bautista's mom is like just like not even paying attention he's like what could this mean and she's like yeah. turn it to to the right it's a compass yeah. like <laughs> she's she's like insanely intelligent she's got yeah. this stupid mom! son who's like yeah it was, it's like the will ferrell character yeah. and he's like ma the meatloaf fuck. yeah <laughs> that's exactly what he's like you think he's like some some like rough and tumble guy but then his mom starts yelling at him while he's streaming on twitch because he still lives in his mom's house it's so good. <laughs> well, that was, that's the thing, too. It's like uh, it's the movie starts off and you're trying to pick up on who these people are and what they're about. Right. And I will give the movie credit. The way it opens up sort of very easily helps you paint the picture of who these people are. Right. Yes. Gets just fig- helps you figure it out. Sets it aside. Right. Kate Hudson uh, Hudson's character constantly saying shit she shouldn't be saying politically incorrect yeah she keeps you know, getting in trouble for all the shit she get, says on twitter <laughs> she gets her phone taken yeah away. right we get that immediately honestly the only problem i have is i think david bautista is too likable that you don't pick really up on likeable. what an asshole he's supposed to be i i think you're right and it's yeah. same with Catherine Hahn though because like yeah. you're supposed to hate her because she's some you know backstabbing shitty politician in the middle right. of a campaign cycle and then someone we haven't really talked about uh Leslie Oldham Jr. plays Lionel Toussaint, a yeah. scientist with very questionable morals. Yeah. Who just like seems like he's the uh, the yes man who yeah. they're like, you're going to let him do this like it could kill millions of people. And they're like, what yeah. can I say? He's erratic. You know, yeah. big deal. Let him try. Big deal. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, speaking of how it opens, um, Daniel Craig's character you find out is uh, gay because his husband in the opening credits is Hugh Grant who's like baking in their apartment and I like we've talked about this before I'm a very big um, book nerd and in the scene where Benoit Blanc like this is set in COVID uh, is losing his mind because he's so bored and he can't work because of the shutdown he's in his bathtub and apparently he spends like 12 hours a day just taking baths and his husband hugh grant is like trying to get him because a box showed up and he's like you have to come there's something here for you and he's reading on the ground is uh kane's jawbone is the book on the ground do you know about kane's jawbone no 
which is so hilarious because I was in the city this week and look what I bought without even having watched the movie. <laughs> I was like, oh, I have to bring that to show Tom. So I bought Kane's Jawbone. Yeah. It's uh, apparently like this insanely hard puzzle. Um, yeah. It's a literary puzzle where you like rip the pages out and try to figure out the mystery by yeah. rearranging the entire book. And like, vi- like a handful of people in the world have done it. And this book was written in like, the 20s or something ridiculous like that and he's reading that so i was like oh look at that it's me but yeah that's the best so speaking of that scene two things number one yes you forgot to mention he's also sitting there playing among us right oh my gosh i can't believe i didn't mention that's like the that is so funny and please say who he's playing it with because that's the best part that's what i was gonna say okay that's the best part uh uh, Stephen Sondheim uh, (laughs) Angela Lansbury which they both passed this year right did they? Both of them. Angela Lansbury and Stephen Sondheim both died this year. I didn't realize that. Okay. I think this must be their last roles. Yeah, it would have to be. I have to. Uh, I, yeah. I, okay. I didn't realize that. And then Natasha Leone and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar um, are his Zoom pals. So fucking playing, funny. Playing, yeah. Uh, playing Among, among us. us. He's like, I don't get it. I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, it was so good. And also, I mean, that was the thing, too, is. Uh, oh, oh, and uh, one of my other favorites who also. I don't know. Maybe this movie, maybe this movie's cursed because you're mentioning two out of the four people on the on his Zoom uh, uh, are now have now passed. Um, do you remember who uh, was the who's hot sauce? Jeremy Renner. Poor guy Jeremy got Renner. run over. Yeah. By his own snowplow. Yeah. Jeez Louise. This Renner. is not. Oh, my God. Yeah. Being this movie is the kiss of death. <laughs> Goodness. Yes. Someone has to call Benoit Blanc and see if there's a some kind of, get him on it. Yeah. Everyone who's in this movie, somehow. <laughs> so did you know that, um, speaking of, we, you talked about Jordan, uh, oh my God, Jordan, Jordan. Go- bleh, 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 Wait, who'd, I, who'd I talk about? Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yes. I'm not even drinking. This is the just the after effects of being in a house with a sick person for a week and a half. Um, also is yeah. the character of Daryl which is apparently uh, just like this dude that just walks in and out of scenes drinking beer and super oh, yeah. high the whole time. So he styled that character. That's actually his childhood friend. Like, like that's his buddy. That's really? Ryan Johnson's like friend. <laughs> but that is styled after uh, Kato Kalin, who was the witness in the OJ oh. trial, who was staying <laughs> in the house during the murder. So uh, Ryan Johnson has the, the notion... Kato- yeah, the say, notion yeah. of having a Cato Kalin type guy who's just hanging out on the island and to get Noah out there hanging out with us in Greece, I'll never pass up that opportunity. But yeah, so Cato Kalin, if you don't know, um, he was a witness in the in the murders. He was in the guest house the night that the murders happened. So he was just like, oh, yeah. And yeah. The, the character Daryl is hilarious. Like he's just like literally walking in and out of scenes like. I'm not here. Pretend I'm not here. Just yeah. smoking a bong or drinking a beer. Well, and that was the thing too. Is like the whole time you're like, is he gonna have some like relevance to the plot? Like, is something gonna happen where it's gonna like you know he's gonna have to do something or or someone's gonna rely on him or something? No, yeah. no, he's just there the whole time. So it's so funny. Um, which I'm also I looked it up too. Uh, Noah Sagan is the actor who also played. Trooper Wagner in the first Knives Out. So okay. so he's in both. And that's his yeah. friend, I guess. But what's funny, too, is is that the only person who's appeared in both movies who is different, who's a different character? He's, he's just like a background guy, like Joseph Gordon-Levitt, yeah. just sort of shoehorned in from from uh, Ryan Johnson. Yeah, I, I'm guessing. But oh, the in the 
movie, there's a big Rothko painting, which is like mm-hmm. a very famous painting. It's upside yeah. down because that's how stupid Miles is. Like they did it on purpose. It so matter. when Ryan Johnson got the painting, he was like, just hang it upside down intentionally yeah. because he's so stupid. Like he won't know how the yeah. painting's supposed to go. And I mean, I think that's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Again, these are the little Easter eggs like in Knives yeah. Out, um the very end of Knives Out. Yeah. The was it she's not really a nurse, but kind of is nurse. Oh yeah. She gets the house and yeah. like the they she's up on a balcony sipping tea and the coffee mug that she's holding says my house, my rules, my coffee. <laughs> like as a fuck you to the family. Yeah. But there's so many little Easter eggs in the movies I didn't I mean I didn't notice them until we were looking this up for this character yeah. that I missed in both. Oh, and the, it's named after a Beatles song. Did you know that? I did. I I sort of. All right. <laughs> uh, maybe 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 that can help and me start out. my tirade. Nice. Yes. That was a Radiohead song. It is okay. a Radiohead song, right? So uh, I was gonna say, I, I like, and because because also the movie ends and it punches and plays Glass Onion. It plays the yes. song, right? Um, did the first movie do the same thing? Did the first movie play Knives Out at the end of I think it did. It does. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Um at that point, I mean, I I don't know. I don't know why I'm averse to this, but I'll I'll use this as a starting point to my my issues with Ryan Johnson. Um I uh, you see, I just realized too, you still haven't seen uh any of the um Star Wars movies. Yeah, we know. I know. We'll, we'll, start, we'll, we'll, start. We will We're working that. on it, guys. We'll fix Holding that. Holding out. It's going to be a family experience. But I can't talk about Ryan Johnson without at least mentioning that he um, was part of uh, part of the problem of uh, he, he he directed and wrote The Last Jedi, which was the second movie in the latest trilogy for Star Wars. Right. The Yeah. Uh, and. And there was like a lot of stuff that he just like the movie, the first movie set up. He he was in charge of the second movie of three and he just now devil's advocate. Right. I think Disney Star Wars uh, Lucasfilm should have maybe like set up a concept for what the trilogy was going to be before just like throwing three different directors at or technically two different directors. Um, but he just like he injected he changed up the universe a little bit too much, injected a lot of comedy into places where it wasn't before and, and different things and and also just like the entire plot in the movie there's there's a lot of issues i have with that movie um so that's where your disdain for ryan johnson stems from i don't want to call it disdain a couple of years ago and i'm i'm far from a star wars fanboy i i had issue with as a filmmaker star wars is means a lot to a lot of people right i, I won't put myself into that universe right i i it's a movie to me it's not some kind of you know world changing thing i think it's a great movie i think they're great movies i understand it because i'm a fan girl of harry potter i understand yeah, exactly it. right I but here, I, get it. and maybe that's a good example right like chris chris columbus came in he did uh, a few of the movies and then there were other directors two, who yeah. came in yeah who did other movies right if someone came in to one like one of the other sequels after chris columbus left and went to go do something else and someone came in and said oh harry can fly on his own now without a broom right he could just use his magic wand or just he like would riot in the streets yeah right okay right breaking the rules of the universe or undoing yeah. things right so without getting too ahead of myself there's a scene at the end of um the the star wars movie that right before the last jedi which is the one ryan johnson did 
where um, I don't want to ruin it for you. So I'm going to be very vague. The audience might know what I'm talking about, um, where the, the character in the new movies finds a character from the old movies who's been like lost and has like, you know, hiding on another planet for years. And she finds this person and presents him his lightsaber. Right. And then the movie okay. just cuts. Right. That's the end of the movie. Oh, and that's where it sets up. It's like, whoa, what's going to happen? Right. What's going to happen? Like, is this character going to come back and take their, you know, and then Ryan Johnson's movie picks up from that. And he just takes it and throws it over his shoulders. Says, I don't care. No. Right. Yeah. But that's the thing. Like, that's how it's like, all right, he's set up for this thing. Like, it's an amazing moment. <laughs> what like, what's going to happen now? And what's going to help build the universe to like to get us to the final movie of the trilogy? He threw a lot of stuff in the garbage, retconned a lot of things, changed a lot of things. The entire plot of the movie, right? For the movie, for for a set of movies where people are literally running around the universe, flying and, you know, going light speed, all that stuff. It's literally two slow moving spaceships, <laughs> a, a spaceship slowly moving because it ran out of gas, which is apparently a new thing in, that he created. And the ship that's chasing him, they can't jump to light speed. Because light speed goes too fast, but they can only go as fast as they can go. It doesn't make any sense. Like none of it. It, it just it's okay. not logical in the universe okay. that was created for all the movies before. At that point, six movies, seven movies before it. Anyway, my whole point there um, is he tr- he undid a lot of what made that franchise up until that point. And instead of like injecting, you know helping build the story out of a universe that already exists. He just decided to like, just, Oh, what's, what's this thing? I don't need this. Yeah. Just pull stuff out, puts new stuff in that. Yeah, that's you know. a problem. Right. And so even to that, right. Even to his own trilogy now, which is the knives out trilogy, right. You go to the first one to what we've been talking about. And then first one is like a neo noir thriller mystery detective, yeah. you know? And then the second one is like a parody of mysteries. Like, and it, it turns into sort of, you know, um, revenge porn by the end of it, right? Like, by the last yeah. 10, 15 minutes is, like, literally revenge porn. Like, just Ryan Johnson lacks a little bit of the storytelling aspects, but when he's good at it, he's great at it. When he's not good at it, he's really bad at it. I mean, I, I agree with you 100%. And, like I said, the first one felt really dark. It felt really, like, I didn't know it was going to happen the whole goddamn movie. And when I thought yeah. I had figured it out and knives out, I was wrong. Yeah. And then with this one, it was kind of like, I didn't really even care to find out. Yeah. It wasn't like I was committed. I was like, Oh, this is like you said, it's just like a fun little ride. We're going to go along yeah. for the ride. It was a little bit more fantastical. It was a little bit more, um, you know, like you said, a little bit more satirical, but it was yeah. well done. It just didn't have that depth yeah. that the first movie did. Oh, no. But I did read an article that he wanted it to be completely opposite. He wanted it to be bright and sunny and not dark and macabre like the the last one. Yeah. Which I get completely. But yeah, it, it was lacking. It was lacking that. Oh, and that's sure. the thing, too, is, you know, I, the first movie had Chris Evans and his Oof. charisma we'll and his cable knit sweater. Yes. Cable knit sweater. Right. Yes, it did. I think it was really well done there. Right. This movie, the moment we meet Edward Norton, the moment we get to the island, I'm like, oh, he's going to fucking kill himself or something. I don't know. Like, yeah, he's an idiot. Like, you yeah. just know. Yeah. Like you you meet this guy and you meet all the characters involved. Right. There's some toss away line of like, oh, I'm all the people on the island. The help are all gone. Right. So you're immediately presented with the it is essentially clue 
and it's here's our here's our audience here are the people that's yeah. the detective who who's gonna done it right and even though he's like oh it's a it's a fake murder mystery murder mystery inception <laughs> right um you like you're already i think the default i think where you start off right where I, my, my brain went is i'm like oh okay it's supposed to be a fake murder mystery he's actually gonna get murdered Right. That's what I thought immediately. Yeah, exactly. Right. OK. And then as soon as it diverges from that and as soon as the first person dies, I'm like, oh, it was Edward Norton. It was clearly Edward Norton. Right. Like like there was no yes. like, there was no mystery of like, oh, wow, all these people had motives. And they, like it was almost set up in a way where it's like, yeah, they almost all have equal motives, but no one. It, it's so equal that it doesn't make any sense that it would be any one of them. Right. It, none of this makes any sense. Yeah, so essentially they're all in Edward Norton's pocket. He's funding whatever it is that they're doing. He's essentially bought their friendship yeah. and also their compliance and they like shut right. their mouths and Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But anyway, I, I think that's the thing is like you go in, uh I, I saw him complaining in some interviews about the fact that it was referred to it was, you know, the title includes a knives out mystery. He's like, I want it to be its own thing. It's like, well, okay, you have a character from the prior movie, like of course it's part of a trilogy. Yeah. Netflix spent buttloads of money buying it. Like the fact that they're going to make you like, you know, colon a knives out mystery, like you're going to have an issue with that. That's the callback. That's what gets people right. to press play. I mean, the cast is incredible. Don't get me wrong. Right. But, but there's, there's so many options out right now. And that's what I was going to say. Right. Is is and and I don't know how you feel, but I don't like it. And ironically enough, Anna de, uh, de Armas, I don't know if I'm always I'm, I'm, I pronounce names terribly. Uh, Anna de Armas was in the trailer to a movie and then people went to go see the movie and she wasn't even in the movie. She was like killed in the first like three minutes of the movie or something yeah. like that. Um, someone sued people sued because they oh were like, God. <coughs> it was false advertising and they won. Right. And so there's actually like legally there's like, Oh, this might set a weird precedent of like, you know, trailers are now commercials for a movie. So it has to set up the expectations properly. Otherwise you can be legally liable to like, you know, okay. Uh, you know, Anyway, the whole point there is if you're going into Glass Onion, a Knives Out mystery and expecting a similar mystery to the same thing. I mentioned those other movies, those Alex, uh, what do you call it? Alex Cross, Cross movies before, yeah. right? You know, you're going into a movie, an Alex Cross, you know, based movie. It's going to be a neo-noir detective thriller, going to find, figure out the mystery together. It's going to be that you go into a Knives Out mystery based on the first one. You're expecting it to be the same for him to un unravel it for the sake of like I don't want to do the yeah. same like like it's like dude why did then why are you here why are you selling this movie yeah I I don't know like I I like I said I was very excited to watch this because I love the whole yeah. Easter egg mystery thing yeah didn't get that as much got it a little bit you know yeah. you got it a little bit and there there were some fun things in there but for me the Easter eggs were more callbacks to the first movie yeah like that right. was more of the excitement for me and um I mean. But at the end of the day, we both said it. it's damn right. You know, it's yeah. fucking enjoyable. It was a, it was fun. It was. Yeah. I don't regret watching it. It's only oh, no, one movie yeah. in my life that I've ever hated watching, and we will not talk about it. But <laughs> um, this was like one of those movies where I was like, okay, that was a lot of fun. It was good. Yeah. It was good. I didn't, I didn't be like, oh, that was a, that was a real disappointment. Yeah, it wasn't exactly. The same. I was right. disappointed that it wasn't the same. But also, I mean. If we're going to talk about the trailer, the trailer did hint at a very bright lit, yeah. summery Grecian Island vibe. So, um, yeah. 
I'm be honest with you, plain and simple. I'm just happy to see Edward Norton again. I oh, mean, yeah. like, that's really what it comes down to for me. Like, oh, yeah. finally, finally, Edward Norton. Yeah. And just to be clear, I, I had to go on a small tirade about uh, Ryan Johnson. Um, I mean, it's but- completely fair and justified. <laughs> I would if he did that to the Harry Potter. Yeah. Universe. You know me. I would. Yeah. But blood would be shed. But I was going to say just to be abundantly clear. Right. I, I it is a good movie where I'm going to say, though, is Knives Out. I feel like you can go back and, and to your point, there are so many Easter eggs and so many like little you know, smart, smartly done filmmaking things. You can go back and watch that movie again and you're watching it from a different perspective and it's a different experience. A hundred percent. I agree. A hundred percent. This movie. I no. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I, I mean, yeah. like, would I watch it again? Maybe yeah. I'm not dying to where yeah. after knives out was done and I kind of went into like a little, uh, a little bit of a hole with it. Yeah. Um, I went down my rabbit hole and found all these little things that I'd missed. Immediately, I wanted to watch it again. Like immediately, yeah. I was like, "Oh, I yeah. gotta watch this again." I didn't even pick up on that. I've got to watch this again. Yeah. And now with this, I mean, don't get me wrong, it it did exactly what it needed to do. All the characters are awesome. The cast does great in all the roles that they play. Yeah. Uh, but y- you're right. I mean, it was fun. Where the other yeah. one was like, "Wow, that was a killer fucking movie." Like that was a great movie. This one was like, "That was fun." Yeah. I'm glad I watched it. Yeah. Yeah. Da, da, da. <laughs> <laughs> do we know what the next one's going to be? I don't. Do we know? I don't know if I don't know if I mean, there hasn't been an announcement. I mean, we know there's going to be one. Yes. As far as what it's going to be, any details on it, when it's coming, any of that stuff. No, we don't know anything. Now, wasn't the number? I mean, you probably know this better than I do. What was the number number for when it came out on how many people viewed it? I know it was freaking insane. When it dropped on Netflix, like its viewing yeah. numbers were nuts. Well, you know, what's funny is the I think it was a year ago. I think it was the prior holiday that we had um, uh, 1984 Wonder Woman. Right. Yeah. Which came out was supposed to go to the theaters and they're like, actually, you know what? HBO Max released it right over Christmas, which was perfect because everyone's home. Right. People aren't going out to the theater during Christmas. Now they all want to huddle in the house. Everyone's visiting, right? Your mom and dad's house or grandma or yeah. home alone, wherever you are. Go watch the new movie that just came out. That's like essentially a theater worthy movie playing on your local streaming service. Um, I think it was super smart of Netflix to release this. Agreed. When they did right o- over Christmas break. And like, I think it was on Christmas day. I want to say it actually was released. Is that my right or wrong on the, sh- on the platform? I don't remember because I remember on Christmas I was like, oh, we should watch this. And they were like, it's already out. Uh, December 23rd. Okay. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. I mean, I want to say just based off of that. Mm. Sandra Bullock beat it out last year with Unforgivable. Um, That was 85.9 million who watched Unforgivable last year in its first weekend. That was Sandra Bullock and Viola Davis. And then Glass Onion was 82.1 million views it's uh opening weekend which is still nuts up but i mean huh. yeah i'm gonna no hate problem. on you there ryan johnson but guess what it's because it said knives out mystery at the time yeah but this was fun i'm glad we got to I'm glad, glad we got to, uh, to, to cover a movie like right after it came out yeah 
That's all right. Sorry. Happy New Year, everyone, by the way. This is our first episode recorded in 2023. Absolutely. Happy New Year. We have so much stuff planned for the rest of the year. Um, and, uh, and by the way, uh, to say it here, um, our merch has started shipping. So if you haven't yet, follow us on the social yes. medias. Uh, can we talk about podcasts on TikTok and Instagram and all those places? Facebook. If it's, you know, for all the moms out there. So. The book Facebook is just yep, for that moms. That would be mine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you know, I like to go on there and see what people are giving away for free. That's I have to go on there just to say happy birthday to moms. But I don't say happy birthday on Facebook. It's not real. Yeah, I get that. You're not real. Absolutely. You're not even her son until you accept that in your bio. Son of. Well, thanks, everybody. See you next time. Bye. See you next time. Bye.